Are you ready for the most informative, well-thought-out hockey podcast on the internet? You are? Sorry. It's just Crown Conversations with your hosts, Robin P. and James Nicholson. Welcome to Crown Conversations. Unfortunately, my co-host James was busy today, but filling in is another super cool dude. And here to tell us about the New York Rangers is super cool dude, Mike Murphy from Blue Shirt Banter. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you for calling me a super cool dude. That's pretty, that's a a high bar to live up to. I'll do my best. How are you doing? I am great uh, frustrated with my team, but I think who at some point doesn't get frustrated with the team that they root for? Yeah, it's all part of the process, right? It's (laughs) the highs and lows and why God's (laughs) the right way and all those fun things about sports that make it so wonderful. Sports. Yay, sports. (laughs) Yay, sports. The best. (laughs) So the Rangers, um, they have not seen the Kings in two years. And um, since their uh, trip to the Stanley Cup in 2014, there has been major organizational and roster turnover. Um, Just bring that up up so casually. That's that's wonderful of you. You know. Thank you for that. (laughs) Hey, but the Rangers. Some of us are still crying. Um, well, Henrik is still beautiful, so at least you have that. He really so, is. That man, like, does not so age. Beautiful. And he, just, it, it, he ages like fine wine. Like, you see him, like, how much stubble does he need? Whatever he wants. What color suit? Whatever. It, it, all those suits work. Yeah. I bet it's, he could wear paisley and people would be like, yeah, he pulls it off. Yeah, he could do it. Yeah, he could, he could really pull off anything. He did goddamn wants at this point. So. <laughs> now I'm imagining it. I'm like, oh, he would look so beautiful and paisley. Yeah, he really would. He would work great with his skin. You know. Wonder what it's like to be a marble Just dog. Just daydreaming. Like you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a, a Nordic god. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> well, he's unfortunately retired now, but he was part of the Rangers for so long. What's it like not to have Henrik Lundqvist, Henrik Lundqvist back there anymore? It's funny because we all felt it was coming. Um, you know, we, we, we knew it was going to happen before his contract was up. So he ended up being bought out, which is why he had the opportunity to play in Washington before his heart, uh, his heart issues surfaced, which effectively ended his career after he made an attempt to come back. Um, but, but um very like you look at his career as a, as a fan and he was my favorite ranger ever um and you look at his career and you say yeah that, that guy's going to the hall of fame and he was so great and then the thing that i think hurts the most is the he's gone but like wow we really had the best goalie on the planet and we wasted him like we couldn't figure it out it's the most important position in the sport we couldn't put enough in front of him to make it work and when we got really close, we all know what happened then, don't we, Robin? 
So yeah, it's um, yeah, we we don't have to we don't have to dredge that up. Those wounds haven't healed, but um, it's wild because Rangers fans have been so spoiled with goaltending. Like before Henrik Lundqvist, it was people forget Kevin Weeks was the last starter we had before Henrik Lundqvist, and now Igor Shosturkin is like the the bona fide starter, and like that's how solid tending has been. It's been really three guys who have been the starters since Kevin Weeks. That's that's how, you know, how charmed in existence Rangers fans have had in terms of their goaltending. Goaltending has never been the issue. And this Igor guy is the real deal. Some people think he's the best goalie in the league. I think it's uh, I think it's a little premature to, like, put the crown on him, especially when Andre Vasilevsky is still in the league. Like, I do think Igor is already in the top five conversation. Like, his underlying numbers are just insane, especially when you look at what the Rangers as a team do. Um, and it's also really uncomfortably uh, familiar because it's like, wow, the only reason we really win hockey games is goaltending, huh? I, w- I think we've seen this before. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's fun because, like, Hank didn't truly leave us. We just have a little, you know, a younger Russian Hank now. And uh, the nice thing is Lundquist is in a bunch of MSG broadcasts, so... We get to look at him and just kind of drool and uh, and daydream and listen to him say things. He could really say anything he wants at this stage. You can look at him and sigh wistfully and think, oh. Yeah, just, yeah, just a longing sigh and you just say, ah, he's here. It's like a security <laughs> blanket, but better, but more handsome. <laughs> uh, let's talk team defense um how are the rangers when it comes to suppressing shots in general like do they tend to allow a lot or is it kind of like a more of we try to keep everything to the outside and let the goalie do all the work yeah it's funny because the rangers like over the past several years the rangers have never been a good possession team and have been kind of middle of the road in terms of like expected goals percentage and this year, the Rangers are actually the worst team, I think, in expected goals for percentage at five on five, which is like, well, then how are they winning? Well, the answer is we have a very, very good goalie, a very good penalty kill, and a very good power play. So the other thing is the Rangers are kind of good at, like, the the whole quality over quantity thing. So when the scoring chances they have do come, they have playmakers like Panarin and Fox and Zibanejad and Kreider as finishers that when plays develop, they have the right players to like execute on those plays. But for the most part, uh, we ask way too much of our goalies. And um, Adam Fox is obviously a Norris Trophy winning uh, defender, but it's also, you know, there's the whole, he's an offensive defenseman. He's not bad in his own zone by, by, by any stretch, but the Rangers definitely do give up a lot of shots against. Like, I think we're... Was it in fourth highest team in Corsi against per 60? Um, you know, the teams who give up more shot attempts at five on five are Ottawa, Philly, and Columbus. So, like, we're only a little bit better than Montreal. And you know where all those teams are in terms of where their defenses are regarded. And those are not very good defensive teams. And that's where the Rangers are. Um, like it's, we have a great pair with Lindgren and Fox, and then you have Jacob Truba, who's actually having a better year than before. You have Keandre Miller, and then uh, 
The third pair, we don't like to really talk about third pair. <laughs> um, uh, we overpaid for a veteran, Patrick Nemeth, and uh, it's kind of been like a rotating door of young guys now. Early on, it was Nils Lundqvist, but then we got tired of him because he was too young, and we don't want to develop young players. Because um, <laughs> why would we do that when we can just trade trade Leah Sanderson away to the Kings, you know? So, yeah, um, it's really interesting watching this defense come together because as a whole, it's still super young. Um, and even though it has a lot of guys who are like, oh, yeah, these guys are going to be here for a while. Like Fox is signed for forever. Truba is signed for forever. Uh, Lindgren is signed long term. And you're like, so like the foundations are all there. But um, it's an interesting defense that has guys who can make plays and they're physical. And that's kind of what this team is about. But we still, boy, oh, boy, do we give up shots and chances. Yeah. So but it's a very good thing we have goals. The first in the, the Metropolitan, 58 points in 42 games. That's, that's the thing. I know I sound pretty doom and gloom, but this is the reason I sound doom and gloom maybe is because I've lived through like 20 years of this, of the Rangers having a great goalie that hides all of their warts and flaws. And it's like, yeah, so why do I keep winning? Uh, they got two guys who could be technically in like the MVP discussion. And they have, you know, a goalie that's essentially takes a goal off every game with like his goals to save above average. So like when you have a goalie that that's good, like the prime years of Jonathan Quick, like, you know, when your your goalie is that good, it's like, oh, yeah, we can afford to mess up a couple of times. Quick will help us. And that's this the story the Rangers get to continue to have with Shesterk. And he's really that good, which is super fun. Um, but if he gets hurt. The wheels fall off and, you know, the car flips over and there's fire and they're screaming. So we'll see. <laughs> um, one person that you haven't mentioned yet is the now backup with uh, Georgiev. Um, for a while, it kind of seemed like he and Shesterkin were neck and neck. And then I guess, what, uh, Shesterkin just kind of pulled away? Yeah, it was really because Georgiev was he was undrafted. Um, he didn't really like he had a pretty good numbers in the KHL before the Rangers signed him as a free agent. And there was all this talk of like when you have a goalie like Lundquist, it's well, who's the heir apparent? Who's inherit the throne? Um, and the Rangers had Chesterkin as a draft pick and he had amazing numbers. But Yorgiev was like, wow, he's so much better than anyone thought he was going to be. And a couple seasons ago, they did a kind of a timeshare, like it was. Shesterkin was adapting to the North American game. Georgiev was already kind of established. But over the past two years, really, it's it's been the Igor show. And to the point now where I know I just saw even today um, where, you know, there's talk about whether or not the Rangers could get something very good for Georgiev and, and the trade deadline. Because in terms of like a 1B starter, you know, like a 1A, 1B or a backup, he's pretty desirable. Um and the Rangers could turn that to help them shore up their wing or shore up their defense. And uh, that's pretty interesting to me. Um, but it's the, the Rangers also have a as bad as the Rangers are at developing forwards, really good at developing goaltenders. Um, and, of course, that's incredibly valuable. And uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Georgiev because he's been in trade rumors for like three years now. So it'll be interesting to see if it finally happens this year. 
Uh, one person on the Rangers, I feel like, gets overshadowed a lot, even though his name is always out there. Um, Chris Crater, he is like always in the top 10 in terms of scoring, but somehow he always manages not to be the center of the conversation in New York. How is that possible? I don't know. It's it's interesting because they the Rangers had a tough decision um, two seasons ago now where they decided to extend him. And a lot of like a lot of the folks over at Butcher Banner and I were talking about like we all love Chris Kreider, but how much do you love Chris Kreider in terms of like what do you give him? And I was like, ah, will we ever see him better than he is right now? And of course, this year he's leading the league in goals while we record this. So it's like, oh, what the hell do I know? But um, it's wild to know where he because he's been on this team for a really long time. He's thirty now, and. This season, he has 29 goals in 42 games. So he's, like, scoring goals at, like, an Ovechkin-like rate almost. And uh, it's crazy because most of his goals have been on the power play. And, like, he's always been fine on the power play, but he's not been, like, Mr. Power Play goal. And that's what he's doing this year. So it's pretty nutty. But he he had the whole thing of, like, Kreider's here. And then we drafted the first overall pick in Lafreniere. And he's a left winger. Oh, and by the way, we have Artemi Panarin, who's a left winger. So where does Chris Kreider fit in? Like, like when we drafted Lafreniere, it's kind of like, is Kreider going to be the third best left winger on this team in a couple of years when uh, when Alexi Lafreniere kind of you know gets it together and, and adjusts to the league? And what's turned out to be the case is that Kreider is just really darn good still. Um, <laughs> he has such a unique skill set of being big and fast and strong and you know, for whatever reason, it seems like everything he shoots this year is going in the net. I mean, he's shooting over 20%, which uh, never lasts. But while it does last, it's super duper fun. So it's been a fun ride watching him have this big career year. Um, I don't know. Like, I never thought he would be a guy who got to like 45 or 40 goals. He was always like a 35 goal guy and... You know, 50 is within striking range for him this year, which is, to me, who has watched every season, he's been a Ranger, is just so hard to believe and so exciting. And it's like, wow, this is kind of what we thought he would be for the past 10 years. And now he's finally doing this thing. And it's like, oh, maybe maybe that contract wasn't the worst idea. But then I remember we signed him for seven years or whatever it was. And it's like, oh, what what Chris Kreider looks at looked like at uh, like 36 years old is a different story. But for right now, it's a super fun time. 50 goals. That is bananas. I think like three of the Kings lines might combine for 50 goals this season. Yeah, I don't think I'm trying to looking right now. Kreider is never. He's never had more than 30. In fact, he. 29 goals he has right now is a career high so like that in and of itself is like yeah he's played 42 games and he already has a new career high in goals so (laughs) like i said i never saw him as like a 40 goal guy and it it would be like a shocking disappointment if he didn't get to 40 by the end of the year and that's just nuts to me because it's like wow what the hell what's he eating for breakfast can we (laughs) give that to the rest of the team that's funny. We have a Swede on our team, Adrian Kempe, and we're like, wow, he might get to 20 goals this year. And he might go, <laughs> wow, he might, <laughs> Chris Kreider might get to 50 goals. This is amazing. 
Yeah, context is fun for those things. But some of years it's it's funny where it's like if you have a bunch of guys who get to twenty, you're really not in a bad you're not in bad shape. It's just the whole problem of like, oh, we don't have anyone getting to twenty goals. Then then that's when you worry. Yeah, well. Welcome to the LA Kings where we don't score goals. <laughs> um, so that's kind of an identity problem for the Kings, is they kind of uh, three years into Todd McClellan's reign. They still don't really know who they are. So can you tell me who the Rangers are? Like, do they have an identity? Oh, that's it's such a fun question because last year they got bullied around and beat up by a couple teams and they were a super skilled team last year. And then the Rangers said like, you know what? We're going to change everything. They brought in a new head coach. They fired their GM. They promoted Chris Drury, brought in Gerard Gallant was last in uh, Vegas, so very familiar to you, I'm sure. And uh, they signed Ryan Reeves, and they signed uh, Barclay Goudreau, they got Nemeth, so they got, like, very physical and very tough. And so they went from being this high-skilled team to a team that still had a really good amount of skill, but with a little more nasty to them. And it was kind of depressing for me, because I was like, I the, the high-skilled team was super fun to watch. Um and, like, I loved watching them play because they had the roster to do it with Panarin and Fox and Vanajad. And now, like, all those guys are still in place. But now, like, whenever anyone throws a hit that's, like, a fraction of a second too late, everyone in a Ranger jersey is trying to kill somebody. Like, they won't put up with any, like, nonsense at all. And it's like, I guess, like, you know, and, like, commentators are like, oh, look at that. They're all coming to the air to their teammates and like yeah i guess so but it's it's just penalty minutes you know <laughs> and um but at the end of the day they're really not that different in terms of like they're a team with a lot of skill um they don't have as much depth as you would like like a two years ago like their depth down the right wing was unbelievable now it's like eh, we kind of need a right winger um but you know they, they have you know, what was it? They're sending three or four guys to the all-star game. Like there's tons of skill. Um, and that doesn't even include Shesterkin, who should be an all-star, but he's not. So you have a guy who could win the Norris Trophy again, and Adam Fox. You have Shesterkin, who could win the Vezina. Um, you have Kreider, who's leading the league in goals. And then you have, like, Artemi Panarin, who was two seasons removed or a season really removed from being a guy who was really in the heart trophy discussion like a lot of skill and then also there's a lot of anxious waiting for our young guys to develop like the capo cacos philip hedels lafreniere's keandre miller's like uh but the rangers have a pretty bad track record of developing forwards and skaters so it's a lot of like we have so much talent imagine how good things will be if all these babies grow up to be big strong boys and uh Every once in a while, it's like, oh, I guess we didn't do a good job raising this kid because uh, <laughs> he didn't work out. Um, so it's it'll be really interesting to see what happens to this team over the next couple of years because they're still super young. But there's also like, shouldn't the first overall pick and the second overall pick be a little bit better than this? Like, a little bit? Um, <laughs> and yeah, they should. But I'm also, I'm normally in the camp of like, hey, we're talking about a 19 and a 20 and 21 year old like do you want to give them a minute to grow up and to figure out how to play against you know 
guys who can lift cars and stuff. Like, give give the kids a minute to figure it out. But um, it's a young team with a lot of skill, and um, they're not they're nowhere. The thing that's interesting, I think, is they're nowhere near crossroads yet. But they have to figure out who stays to play with these kids. Like, what do they do at center? They need to try and find a center if they can't resign Strom, and then they need to really figure out what they want to do down the wing because they traded away Buchnevich for Sammy Blaze, and then he got a season-ending injury. So this team isn't even at full strength of what it could be. So it's kind of hard to figure out what they want to be, but they want to be tougher, and they definitely got tougher. It's just a question of how much skill did they give up to be a tougher team. Well, based on their track record, it doesn't seem like that much. Yeah, I mean, you, the results are really not that bad, you know? <laughs> it's it, That's the thing. I know I sound super pessimistic and cynical, but it's just like I, I watch this team and I'm like, yeah, they, they keep winning. Um, and that's the beauty of a great goalie. And that's the beauty of a great power play. And when Chris Kreider is shooting 22%, it's like, yeah, these things will happen when you're playing this well and the guys like the most valuable guys on the team are all playing brilliantly and like some of the guys who need to be better are the depth guys but like you can get by when your depth guys aren't that great you know it's just it, it makes you wonder like okay well what do this what does this team do at the deadline do they say we can really go after the cup this year like is that where this team feels like it is that's hard to say Wow. I feel like they have to feel like they're contenders. They're on top of the Metro division. So to some extent, I think they they are not far removed from making a splashy trade to be like, yeah, let's go for it. The kind of ahead of a schedule, go for it. But how many years do you have? All these guys like Panarin still in his prime and Zabanajad and Kreider in their prime. Like, I guess go for it. But that's kind of like where I am right now. I was like, I don't know any better. I certainly don't know how to general manage a team. <laughs> Might as well go for it, right? Well, you can armchair GM. That's what you do anyway. I, I yeah. do it too. So I'm, that's yeah, that with, not with no <laughs> consequences and no stakes. Exactly. That's the best sort of GM there is. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for joining me today. It should be a really interesting game. And uh, best of luck to both teams. Big thanks again today to Mike Murphy for joining me to preview the New York Rangers. You can find Mike Murphy at DigDeepBSB on Twitter or The Ice Garden where he talks about all things women's hockey and does great in-depth analyses or Blue Shirt Banter where he talks about the New York Rangers. Hopefully James and I will be back soon to talk about the hiring of Mark Bergevin, the Kings win streak followed up by some really poor outings in their three-game losing streak and their latest road trip. So thanks for listening, everyone.